Bienvenue and welcome to Akeem's Dream Show. My name is Akeem the Dream, also known as Brown Sugar Supreme, also known as the Dark Knight Batman. I'm Batman. This show is a variety show because I had a lot of ideas growing up and wrote them down and my curiosity is insatiable. And you'll notice that I have a lot of random ideas and subjects, but I think that's what makes it fun. Variety is the spice of life and I like to keep it spicy and you will find that out very quickly. Remember folks, never grow old with no stories to tell. And it's finally time to spice things up. Let's go. Check this out. After rain is my favorite. It brings up so many childhood memories. The days where I just stand outside and stare at rainbows and smell the air after nice rain. This is definitely, oh, my favorite one. This smells so good. If you ever, ever, ever have a chance to smell these, I would definitely smell after rain first. Um, and if you were like me as a child, like to stand outside, being a weird one and looking at the sky, this would be a really good reminiscence of how it was when you're younger and the smells of like after it rains or after it thunders and it's so good. So yeah, check this one out. Did I tell you about that one time I was a fragrance entrepreneur? It's not an obvious business for someone like me to start. I don't have a background in making perfume per se. <laughs> I don't know anything about mixing chemicals or scents and smells. Hell, I barely know what soap to buy for myself. But here I was in the fall and the winter of 2017 going into the summer of 2018 making a fragrance brand from scratch and having somewhat mild success with it, all things considered, because I had no business being in that business. They say, mind your own business until it's your business to mind. And for me, it was jumping off a cliff and making a plane on the way down because I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. All I knew was this smell, whatever this is, after it rains, this needs to be sold. This needs to be on shelves. So I went to the bay uh, after that September day in 2017 and I was looking for that kind of a fragrance. I was going to buy it and just take it home and that would be the end of it. And I asked him, like, hey, do you guys have a smell here for men that's like uh, cologne that is kind of like the outdoors or smells like uh, smells like the air after a downpour? And the lady looked at me like I was, you know, a retard. She was like, uh, what? I was like, you know, the smell outside after it rains. She goes, uh, no, maybe go to Shoppers. So I went to Shoppers. They looked at me like I was still this, you know, crazy person. And after two or three visits to two or three different stores, uh, I came out with the conclusion that all these places were stupid because they had not bottled yet the most important smell, in my opinion, in the entire world. That smell of entering the gates of Valhalla and watching those noble steeds come through the golden gates as your nose gets hit with this sublime aroma a peace and tranquility. My friend once told me that the reason it smells so good after it rains is because the water literally cleans the air of shit. All the particles in the air that make it smell like the city. Like, you know that smell of the city? It doesn't smell like the city after it rains for a brief moment in time because it cleans it. And that, my friends, was the origin of after rain, where I said to myself, if these idiots can't make this fragrance, I'm going to make it. And I think that's the genesis of most businesses. It's a problem where the entrepreneur says, I need this, I can't live without it, and I can't believe it's not in the market yet. Nobody's making it. 
Therefore, I'm going to make it. And don't ask me how. I just know I'm going to do it. You decide and then you go. You don't build up evidence to decide. You decide and then you find the evidence to support your decision. If you want to get something done and get your ass into motion. And for me, that's what the case was. For Elon, who was building electric cars. For me in 2017 and 2018, it was making after rain. And the funnest part of this was doing R&D. Because in the early days, I had no idea what I was looking at. So I went to the health food store and I started smelling essential oils. I came up with a list of potential blends that could make that smell of the outdoors. And I went to the store and I got a bunch of shit. I got jasmine, pine needle, lemon, amber, vanilla, sandalwood, lemongrass, cedar, orange, clove, peppermint, and mint. And then I narrowed it down to jasmine, sandalwood, and peppermint, and mint. Uh, And then eventually I narrowed it down to, and I'll give you four out of the five. The fifth one is a mystery just in case I have to sell this business one day. But uh, four out of the five essential oils in After Rain was balsam fir, pine, spearmint, and oak moss. So the balsam fir is kind of bitter. The pine is very, very kind of, I would say, kind of tree, kind of foresty. The spearmint is very kind of sharp. The oak moss is light. And then the last ingredient is kind of, I won't I won't tip my cap, but it's it brings it all together. And then that is what I thought the smell of the outdoor smells like kind of aqua e kind of kind of a good representation of what that is and that was the first product i ever made the only problem was how do i deliver it how do i get this product into people uh, like how do i get this product to people and most people would think that if you just get a cologne you just make a few uh, chemicals some big chemical bath you put into a bottle spray it on boom but it's not that easy. You see that traditional cologne process involves a chemical filtration and dilution process. But for me, I didn't want to spend all that money. I just wanted to get the smell into a bottle, blend it, shake it, boom, roll it on. And I came across this thing called wax blending where you just take essential oils, you melt down waxes that include like beeswax, uh, jojoba oil, uh, shea butter, and vitamin E. You melt that down. You add your essential oils and then you let it set. Once it sets, it becomes a hard wax. And that hard wax, you can just rub on yourself and then uh, it'll be a little greasy, but you'll get the smell. So that's what I did initially. I was the, I was that guy from Breaking Bad in my kitchen. My buddies would come over. I'd have a, ba- a big gas mask on and be like, what's up, guys? I'm just cooking some meth. Come on in. And they'd be like, oh, Keem, you, uh, you are uh, changing really quick aren't you i'm like yeah just getting into the hardcore stuff not a big deal nothing to see here fellas and then uh so after after rain i just kind of went crazy i'm like if it's this easy to make a product uh i'm gonna just go make a bunch of make a bunch of sense not just after rain after rain was the tipping off point and in the early days it was funny because i called it skin stick because obviously that greasy wax would go into your skin and stick uh, but it wasn't the greatest name. I used it in the early days and I put it in a lip chap tube. So, you know, the lip chap, right? I would melt the wax into these little, uh, lip chap tubes and I give it to my buddies and be like, this is a fragrance. And they'd be like, what? And they put it on their lips. I'm like, no, 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 don't put it on your lips, put it on your wrist. And after saying, no, 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 no. So many times I said, okay, this is not working. I have to reeducate the populace. This is not a good idea. If you have to reeducate everybody in the world about how to use your product, cause they associate with somebody, something else, it's time to pivot. So I was like, hey, how can I get this scent into a different delivery 
method so that people don't want to eat it <laughs> or put it on their lips. And then that's when I pivoted to the glass with the steel roller because with the steel roller, it's intuitively obvious that you're supposed to roll it on. And that's what changed the name of the company from Skin Stick to Rubani because of rolling it on, rubbing it on, rub on eye, Rubani, Rubani fragrance, boom. The birth of an empire that lasted seven months. <laughs> uh, but for, then I went to the drawing board. I'm like, hey, I have, I have After Rain. What else can I do? So I just jotted down a bunch of names of different fragrance lines and i took some inspiration from anchorman when they were talking about panther sex panther or whatever uh 90 of the time it works all the time so i came up with deep woods lemon pepper wing snob jamaican snow jamaican snow matt damon jerk chicken blue cheese fade vegas cajun chicken pancakes whiskey ginger cake duck butter ginger beer Shoe Shine, New York Deli, Drizzy Drake, yeah, Butter, Popcorn, Cola, Coffee, Black, Man Sweat, Man Juice, <laughs> oh my god, White Chocolate, but anyways, a few of those, a few of those actually kind of broke through and became uh, part of the original lineup, and I went to uh, start making them, so one of them was Deep Woods, like I mentioned, that one had Red Mandarin, Douglas Fir, Cedar, Lavender, and then two mystery flavors I'm not going to mention on the show, this is like the KFC recipe, right, I would never ever give you all the ingredients, because that would be foolish, but uh, give you four of them, so Red Mandarin is kind of like a citrusy kind of juice, like uh, orange, Douglas Fir is uh, very kind of like sharp kind of cedar, kind of a tree, cedar is cedar, Lavender is lavender, and then the two mystery ones, that's what kind of ties it all together. Uh, Then I made spice cake, and spice cake was a fun one because I sold it at the farmer's markets to uh, our target demographic, which ended up being like 20 to 45-year-old ladies who just like fragrances, and I couldn't believe how much women buy for cosmetics and fragrances and smells and stuff. A lot of these ladies would just take these uh, fragrances we made and put them into diffusers for their whole house to just like make the whole house smell like deep woods or whatever, which is a great idea. We probably should have made it uh, made it easier for them that way. But the spice cake was fun to sell because one of the ingredients or the essential oils in spice cake was uh, sweet orange or sorry, vanilla. And vanilla is an aphrodisiac, which I think you can connect the dots with the brown sugar, Kim's dream supreme, what that means. So they come to the booth and I'd be like, listen, if you, uh, I know it's Saturday, I'm not sure what you got going on tonight, but if you put this vanilla on your wrist, uh, do you have a husband or uh, a boyfriend, ma'am? And she'd be like, yes, I do. I'd be like, whoa, well, uh, don't want to, don't want to put words in his mouth, but he is going to be jumping and chomping at the bit. Let's just put it that way, ma'am. Really? Oh my God. So it was a little bit of a song and dance and we'll put a little, rub a little brown sugar on him, but. Uh, Spice Cake was a very, very popular seller. And then Root Bomb. Root Bomb uh, had a kind of foundational one in it with ginger. And then I had bergamot in that one as well um, with one mystery essential oil. But uh, the ginger was good because I did some research and apparently Roman soldiers and Greek soldiers uh, took ginger extract and rubbed it in their fingers to anchor themselves for war. So I said, that's a kind of a cool one. And I actually used that for sports. Like I'd bring a, I call that one root bomb. I'd put root bomb on my wrist before I played basketball and I was summoning the gods. Ares, the god of war. 
Let me go rip this guy's heart out on the basketball court. And then I made Rolla Cola because at the time I was making, I was working at Pepsi. So I got Rolla Cola made and I did a bunch of research about what, what's in Pepsi and what's in Coke. And um, this one I had lime, sweet orange, cardamom, nutmeg, vanilla, and then cocoa. And then the one mystery flavor. And most people thought it actually smelled like a can of Pepsi or a can of Coke, which is, I was kind of flattered by because I'm like, yeah, I worked there. We also had one that was more floral, rosewood. And rosewood was like kind of just a lot of floral scents. And then I made other lines. So once you have all these scents down, it's really easy to make other product lines because you just add different bases. For the rollers, the base was a scent, was a jojoba oil, uh, a grain spirit. So like an alcoholic, uh, not an alcohol. Yeah, it was like a, with a spirit with like a 99% proof, which makes the fragrance jump in the air, essentially. And the jojoba oil grounds it on the skin, but it doesn't, it's not greasy. It evaporates into your skin or it kind of hydrates your skin. And it doesn't leave that greasy residue that the wax did. So it was a jojoba oil, essential oil, and then the grain spirit with distilled water. That was what the ro- the rollers were. So that was easy. And then as soon as I had the the recipes down for all these fragrances, I was able to just start making other stuff. So I made, I made uh, sugar scrubs. Uh, which is a exfoliant because the sugar kind of exfoliates your skin, gets rid of the dead skin. And then I made a, a body butter for dry skin, meant to hydrate your skin. That one was really greasy, but that's what it was supposed to be. And that one had uh, shea butter in it, vitamin E, beeswax, uh, a lot of different stuff. And I actually used my mom's cookie mixer to make that one. That was fun. Uh, and then, you know, we went about going to markets and going to shows. The first show we ever did, and when I keep saying we, my uh, one of my best friends, Ryan, he's a very entrepreneurial guy. He saw what I was doing with Rubani, and uh, he calls me up one day. He's like, "Him, I'm a huge fan of the product. You know, I'm going into." He would he would actually we go to bars, uh, the clubs and stuff, and he would take two or three of the Rubanis and just walk around the club and start, you know, rubbing people's wrists and stuff with it. I'm like, this guy's good at hustling. You know, you need a hustler. We went to his uncle, his uh, his grandpa's. We made stands for the Rubani bottles and stuff. So he came on board, became 50-50 partners. We got the company incorporated. And then we started doing trade shows. So with these trade shows, the first one we did was made in Alberta. And I think we made uh, 700 bucks a day. So we did Saturday and Sunday. The first like two or three hours, nobody came to our booth. And then the floodgates opened. We probably sold, I think we sold most of our inventory in the first day, we had to make more that night. And then the next day, we sold, uh, I'd probably say, 60 or 70% of it. We made 1500 or 1600 bucks in two days. And I said, whoa, there's a business here. The only thing was, and I will allude to this later, was the economics of this business are very tricky, especially if you want to actually make a living from it. But we were in full marketing mode. And it was fun because some of these products are kind of sexy and that's what I think part of my talent is, is coming up with the names of some of these things. So we had after rain and spice cake and ginger root or, or root balm and all this stuff. So I was like, let's just get ladies who like the product to uh, agree to come on camera and just have initial reactions to some of the fragrances. So we did that. And then I made a wrap uh, for spice cake. And uh, I'm glad this never, nobody's ever heard this except for you. This is a Akeem's dream so exclusive of what was never aired but was supposed to be an ad 
for the spice cake fragrance. It's for you. It's for you. On that night when emotions come through, when the feelings spike, rub it down and feel alright. Spice cake, don't hesitate. And remember, regret lives forever. Was 23 locked up, lacked at all spice. I was too damn nice, missed opportunities left and right. I didn't strike, uh, like a man with eyes and no sight. Then I decided to spice my life up to medium hot, like the wings at the spot, so I would never miss another shot. Uh, it's for you, it's for you. On the night when emotions come through, when the feeling spike, rub it down and feel alright. Spice K, don't hesitate, and remember, regrets live forever. That's right, I'm a supreme MC. My name's Akeem the Dream. Brown sugar on your lips, Shakira on your hips, and I got the most because I got the heaviest dips. I spend more rhymes than a lazy Susan, and I'm innocent until my guilt is proven. Peace. Going into the summer of 2018, we had done the market for the Maiden Edmonton. We figured out how to set up our display. We figured out how to set up the retail side of things. We priced all our products. The rollers were 20 bucks. The sugar scrubs were 10 the frappes, like the the creams were 20, a pretty approachable prices as far as cosmetic goes. And this was one of our fatal errors, but we should have priced higher. But anyways, we go into the summer and I remember being at the bar one day watching the Cavs versus the Warriors NBA finals, LeBron versus Curry. And I'm just sitting there at Hudson's on White Ave and just excited, right? Because when you have your own business and you're selling products and you're doing your thing, you're excited. You want to tell everybody about it. And I'm sitting next to this blue collar guy at the at the bar at Hudson's, we're drinking beers, watching the basketball game, and we just start small chat, small chat, and it ends up on the subject of, hey, what do you do for work? Well, I said I work at Pepsi, but I'm actually working on this fragrance business. Fragrance? What do you mean fragrance? I was like, uh, yeah, I'm just selling, <laughs> I'm making and selling uh, cosmetics and fragrances at the farmers market. And he goes, really? And I'm like, yeah, you want to see one? And I'm in serious campaign mode, right? I'm trying to get everyone to smell the product. And he puts it on. He goes, this is pretty cool. Pretty interesting product. But I just don't meet too many guys at the bar who carry perfume in their pocket. And I go, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Eh? That's kind of a weird thing. And that's the thing, folks. When you're passionate about something, you don't realize that what, you, what you're doing might be a little bit strange. I was just excited because I made the design. I made the logo. I made the wrapper. I made the, I came up with the scent. I came up with the packaging. This was my baby. And yes, it's weird that a grown man is carrying perfume in his pocket, but that's what makes me stand out at the time. Anyways, so that was just kind of one of those stories. And then Ryan and I decide, hey, let's go into the St. Albert Farmer's Market because rich people, a lot of disposable income, suburbs, this just screams cosmetics. It just screams fragrances. So we set it up. I think every day we had to pay like, I think it was 60, 70 bucks uh, uh, per, per day for a booth. So we set up for, I think it was like eight or nine shows and we had a good, or eight or nine days at the market. And I think we ended up selling probably four to $500 per day, right? If our booth was 70 bucks or 67 bucks and our gross revenues were like $500 per day, that means we walked away with on average 450 to $500 per day at the farmer's market, which is not bad. I mean, I think on the high end, I think the most we made was $800 one day at the farmer's market. So that was like an anomaly. A lot of rich uh, mothers 
uh, and uh, ladies came by and were charmed by Ryan and I because we used to do a lot of schmoozing. Let me tell you what, like these ladies would come up to the booth and we would we would start selling. Let me tell you, rub it on, do the old song and dance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you put this on, this is an aphrodisiac, or yeah, this this is the Roman soldiers used to use this, and we just had so many pitches, right? Rhyme was very, very much into the rubbing it on people, letting them smell it. I was like a little bit of that, but I was also like just telling them and I was daydreaming with them about like, whoa, this is what you're going to smell like going into this scenario and this scenario. I'll never forget this one guy walks up and he goes, he doesn't even smell it. He just looks at the label and he's like, I'll get two. I'm like, you want to smell? He's like, no, nah, these, these will probably be good. Just drops 40 bucks. And I mean, this is cool because... This is what gets people addicted to business because if you could just make a product and know that some people are just going to come up with reckless abandon and just like spend money and that's money in your pocket going towards your top line of your business. That's exciting, right? That's like, oh shit, this is like free enterprise. Like I'm creating revenue, right? Like this is exciting. So there's a bit of a rush to sell products is all I'm trying to say here. We did nine of those shows, but when we sat down, we were thinking about all the labor we had to put into all the cost of goods. So for the rollers, those were selling for 20 bucks. Our cost of goods just for the materials, the essential oils, the jojoba, the spirits, the the wrapper for the label, the glass, that was ended up being per bottle about 12 bucks. We're selling it for 20, and then you have to factor in our labor. So if we want to pay ourselves a healthy salary, let's say 50 grand a year, 60 grand a year, something like that, we would have to take out of that profit, take out of that uh, that net revenue or that net profit another three or four dollars. So let's say out of the twenty dollars we're selling it for, twelve or thirteen dollars goes to overhead, four or five dollars goes to salary or should go to salary. And then actually if you think about it, our labor is in there too. The the cost of goods for each one of these bottles ended up costing us like nineteen dollars or something like that. So we were maybe squeaking out a dollar, probably fifty cents. Uh, cause we probably weren't accounting for all the cost that goes into this cause we had lawyer fees. We had LLC, we had to set up, we had, uh, the overhead of the actual markets. If we wanted to sell, uh, we had to like set up. Bro- so there's a lot of, we actually ended up probably selling these bottles at a loss <laughs> if we're selling them at 20 bucks. So that was the first thing. Our cost of goods were too high. Our expenses, sorry, our, yeah, our cost of goods were too high. So our expenses were too high and our, selling point for the product was too low. So we had to sell the product for much higher and we had to get our COGS or cost of goods down. So to do that, we'd have to take on an investor or some kind of institutional funding so that we could batch, essentially buy all our materials, our raw materials in bulk to get the cost down so that we could get each bottle down to like five or six bucks or $4. I think that would be the sweet spot. And then just essentially do a huge marketing blitz and get the product out there. And at this time, I was doing great at Pepsi. I was getting promoted. This was just a fun side hobby, but it was costing us money, right? Uh, so we decided to shut it down after those uh, St. Albert Farmers Markets uh, dissolved the company, but it was a fun run. I had a great time. I think Ryan and I learned a lot about like the businesses, uh, the business of a product-based business because it's not as easy as a service. I think a service business is ideal because you can just show up and it's just your time. But when you're like thinking about products and supply chains and cost of goods and all these different kinds of things and some things you can't control. And then also the labor, like we're talking about like three or four hours of following spec sheets, filling up bottles, wrapping them. It took hours and hours and hours of labor. Uh, I think that'd be the first thing that if we were to scale that business up, the uh, the first thing we'd do is probably hire somebody who bottles the stuff because that was a bit tedious. I'm not going to lie. 
It was a labor of love because it's your business and that's what you do, right? You sweep the floors, you take the garbage out, you clean the, you clean the toilets, and you wrap the bottles of Rubani. But I think that we had enough, we had a product market fit, which I think is the hardest thing to do in a business is to find people who like your product. That's the number one thing. And we accomplished that. We proved that we can make a product that people want to buy and people are willing to buy. And we had a good time. So would I do it again? Only maybe as a rich man, I'd come back and be like, hey, let, okay, Ryan, let's revive this business and uh, do it big. Maybe hire a whole team to run it because we already have the recipes and we have the product. I think we can make it a big business, but uh, it just take a lot of investment and uh, good lesson though. You can go to school and learn about business or you can try to do business in the real world. And I prefer the latter. Anyways, if you enjoyed that episode, let me know. And by the way, I still have a lot of bottles of Rubani left. So if you want one, let me know. I'll get you the friends and family discount and uh, we'll meet up. I'll get it to you. Uh, maybe we'll meet at Timmy Ho's and uh, you'll get Rubani. You'll be fresh. And uh, Tim Hortons likes to think they're fresh, but they're not. Anyways, until next time, stay fresh and rub an eye. Peace.